Unloose the goose. We'll take no views. Your paradigm's run out of time and we've got no use. Unloose the goose. Good day. Welcome to episode 58 of Unloose the Goose. Today, we're talking about all of the new goslings in your life. That is to say, those who have just recently woke up to all of the fuckery and are like, what do we do now? Right. Those are the family and friends who have been like, you're crazy for the past seven years when you've been like, hey, this is kind of thing is happening now. And they're like, you're crazy. And all of a sudden they're like, you know, giving you kudos for calling the shots way before the shots were shot. So, again, this is Unloose the Goose, episode 58, and we are joined by Jack Spearco. And Mr. Scrambling Brian. And myself, Xavier Hawk. And we're going to be talking to you about what to do with all the new goslings in your life. That is, those who are just recently coming to the fact and the awareness of, hey, we need to start growing our own food. Uh, maybe we need to start figuring out our own medicine. And they're just sort of breaking out of the, the shell and have just taken the red pill and are kind of wondering what to do. So I'm going to open it up to, our, to you gentlemen. And Brian, because you're new, would you mind... And I haven't met you yet in person, but if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you come from, what your superpower is, and have there been any new goslings in your life? <laughs> where, uh, I was a corporate sales prick uh, deep inside the heart of the food machine for 30 years. Uh, did uh, ConAgra time, Hormel time. I, and the, my very last job was selling container large loads of uh, sugar, pink, blue, yellow. So, uh, so, Towards the end, I realized uh, from the inside how completely fucked up the food system is <laughs> at, at, at an epic level. Yeah. Uh, when I left ConAgra, I torched out a fucking CEO. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and when I left Hormel, I destroyed their fucking industrial fake sugars business. Uh, it's past seven years, so statutes up, motherfuckers. Wow. Uh, <laughs> The, uh, Congratulations. So that, Thank you for that good service. So that's why when you see those posts that say if you're in the fucking machine on the way out, you can forget to oil the gears because you're a dumb fuck because you're on the way out. Right. So anyway, right. Uh, moving on. Uh, so have you anyways, heard about the fact that farmers and uh, cattle raisers, have you, have you heard the fact that the cattle raisers are being paid to cull their herds now to get rid of them? Yeah, We've got beef coming in from Namibia, but we've got tons of Tons of beef here, and the farmers and the the ranchers are being told to get rid of their crops and their their, their beef. What do you think about well, that? Well, that's funny. I did like eight years with beef jerky. Uh, it was a huge run for buying land in uh, Brazil. It was like who could set up the biggest farm the fastest because it was the cheapest. Sh shipping didn't mean shit back then, right? And it was all JIT. But JIT is going to blow up. Oh, but anyway. Right. So uh, what? Uh, so I left corporate America. Uh, ended up doing. Ended up on a permaculture farm coffee company. Uh, we grew up from like three hundred million to a billion. Um, but I actually met the first. Uh, he's the biggest permaculturalist I've ever known, and he doesn't even understand what the word is. He calls himself fucking capitalist. Um, but like they started a chicken operation to get the free shit for the coffee trees so the workers could take the eggs to town to make hard money so they'd have money for shit to do. Like, his thinking was like that about everything on the farm. So at the end of That's my clever. food days, at the giant size, 
I got to see what the, an ethical actor could look like, and I got to tell Chavez's motherfuckers to go fuck themselves just because he didn't want to <laughs> do it. Um, yeah, they were. Yeah, we were supposed to transfer some technology to make their coffee palatable. That, so don't drink coffee at Sitco if you don't want to help the fucking revolution. Um, okay. So um, noted. Noted. This yeah, is great. Time. I'm gonna stop being the guy everybody bitches about how often I say fuck. Now that we brought Brian on, this is <laughs> awesome. Right, this is no, it's fucking great. <laughs> it's great. ULG can be listened to with your kids, but it's not made for your kids. That's your choice. We are PG-13 around up in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just to talk about uh, something else for a second. Like I am amazed at how many families listen to and watch Baseline. And that's why I started bleeping out every curse word. Uh, like, Are you crazy? Yeah. So, um, so when it, when it comes you to know, new geese so, in your so life, then, Brian, do you, do you have any so, new geese? Are there new people uh, in your yeah, life yeah. that so are then coming I saw to this? permaculture, right? And I, I went into, uh, then I started going into medicinal cannabis, helping people grow, learn aquaponics, learn hydroponics, learn industrial hydroponics. Um, so basically was just laying low during doing my thing, doing coffee coffee stuff and doing farmer's markets. And uh, when the whole thing started at the very beginning, 14 days in, one of my side gigs is I drive these really fancy shitters around for fun to guys, guys trucks are awesome. So I, I'm their stringer. So I got called in to go deliver a really fancy one to the doctors and nurses testing tunnel. They were setting up. If you look, I'm on the ABC news. It was 14. It was the very first one. We set up an entire fucking facility. They ran one car through it. They got their one shot that they wanted. And as soon as that car was out, the the reporter, as soon as her wheels hit First Avenue, we literally disassembled that entire facility and took it and put it away. You can see me moving the heater around on the wow. fucking news. I'm there. I got a paycheck that matches it. And after the fact, they said, maybe you want to not talk about this. And I was like, you can't non-disclosure me after, you stupid bitch. So, anyway, as soon as I put that on my Facebook page, I was getting death threats, and my company got, like, turned into this fucking state tax. All all the bullshit that fucking status do, right? Just for, just speaking what actually happened to me. So, um, so then I went dark, because I knew Whatever. It's a real virus. I get that. But I knew that it, there was a, a game afoot. Um, so I shut the hell up. But uh, Thanksgiving Day, Inslee went on TV and basically declared a total and utter lockdown of the state for like three days later and like masked everywhere outside. Any, what, it, was, it was fucking insane. So I went off on the, uh, I went off in the, uh, uh, the Freedom Cells chat. I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. The, since, since we, the only way you can read ridiculousness is with even more ridiculousness. So I was like, fuck it. That's a challenge. We're going to have the biggest fucking party we can have and double fuck you. So That's six days later, there were like 110 of us December 1st out in the field was raging a bonfire. It happened to be 70 degrees when it should have been 38 and raining. And I mean, fantastic time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Squatch Fest was born. Everybody on the way out was like, oh, no, hell no. This stuff's not stopping. So, so going on topic here, right, Brian, since it seems like you've had, like, one too many cups of coffee or maybe some special no. medicine. Um, are any of the people coming to Squatch Fest or involved in this new geese? 
Because that's what we're on tonight. Yes. So that's kind of the people have started waking up, right? And started like making decisions to like, you know, lose jobs and do, but they haven't like saved for decades and saved money and and stock up, right? So they show up with this spun out energy with not a pot to piss in. And what do you do as the person who has done all the work, right? (laughs) Then it gets to be like, Mm, I can help you, but it's energy you're well, sucking there's something that, that we, Yeah, there, yeah the, the, there's a, a theme early on in prepper uh, mentality. Like, if you start handing out gifts to those who haven't prepared themselves, then all of a sudden you're going to have to keep doing that. It's kind of like being alligators or training wild animals. They're going to always expect something, right? Um, Niti, Niti Bali just joined us. And Niti, I have a question. Uh, the, today's topic, by the way, is are there any new goslings in your life? Meaning, are there new people that have just sort of woken up to prepping, woken up to liberty and self-reliance and, and you know, fuck the state? And if so, how have you addressed them? But the first topic that we discussed was the beef uh, culling that's going on. And since you're in the meat industry, have you heard anything about it? Yep. So... It's interesting to me that commodity growers don't know that you can just leave the beeves out on the land because the institutionalized training is that the older the beef gets, the, you know, tougher it is or the worst it tastes or whatever. When the truth is that when you leave beef out for longer, it's actually better. It is more beautifully marbled. It is more amazing after five, eight, ten years. Um, mm-hmm. But, but you know, they can't let any of the slaves find out about this truth. And so they make the the uh, beef uh, slave, they're slave farmers, you guys. You don't understand in the grocery stores. I'm going to stop and go back for one second because people think when they go to the store that they're paying for food. But they're actually paying a wholesale for distribution. They're never paying for the food. You're paying for the food mm-hmm. when you go to the hospital with your prescription drugs and everything because it's actually all funded by pharma because the food system is poisoning you so that they can capitalize on the pharma side. So you can follow the money and figure that out if you want to, but you can read my book. You can find out a million different ways, but that's what's happening. And so, um, the commodity guys, the producers are, you know, they're taught and trained at universities too, right? And those university institutions are yeah. teaching them the ways, um, I mean, all this goes back to the Flexner report, which I know everybody gets sick of me saying, but it's true. Like that's where it all stems from. And it's, it's this, it's this masterful plan. It's so freaking well thought out, man. I mean, they really, really did a good job with this. And so the beef guys think they have to call these animals foolishly. And I'm just like, no, just put them on pasture. But they don't know how to rotate pasture. They don't know how to keep them on grass so the animals get sickly. It's, It's very complicated. It becomes a complex problem, but, like, we could help them solve it if they want to learn how to do it. But Just with some education. But a lot of those Alzheimer's don't want to learn. And, you know, it's look, st- farmers are yeah. stubborn and, and they kind of have to be, you know, because they have there's this resilience that's required. And they're, you know, everybody acts like farmers are dumbasses. Well, they're not dumbasses. They have to know how to do every single thing to manage, you know, life giving force. But 
if you're commodity, then you haven't been really, if you've been trained at universities to be this commodity business person, then you're, you're trained by the, you know, you're sleeping with the enemy basically, and you're trained by the enemy. And so you don't know any better. And if you hear this out there anywhere, then, you know, I'm very um, easy to get hold of, you know, I mean, I'm accessible. I would love to help you save your livestock because we need the beef. So yeah. Save the beef. Yep. So what about new gobslings in your life? New people that are coming into your world that are like just coming to prep. Because you have a business that serves, uh, you know, serves meat and people are starting to say, uh, fuck the grocery store. I'm noticing like 30% less of everything. Right. Yeah. While the prices are 30% higher. Um, and so that, that's shaking a lot of people to their core and they're one, and they don't even know what to do. And they might not have ever heard of Unleash the Goose or the survival podcast. So what are you doing with them? Them who yeah. come into your life and are like, what do we do? So, I do a screening process now because I was forced into brick and mortar and because I'm only serving patriots. And yes, I am discriminating. I am, I am powerfully discriminating because, um, because, um, I do know that, you know, gender is a fact. It's not just something I made up. I don't know about, I mean, I'm kind of mixing some things up here, but Dave Chappelle just got attacked because he was making jokes, um, you know, about the gender thing, you know, the hundred million genders when we know for a fact there's only just two genders. And yes, that's a fact. And that's not me hating anybody. Like I love everybody. I don't care what you are doing in the privacy of your own home, which is none of my business. And also I don't want you to talk about it in front of my children. So just please don't. But outside of that, you know, outside of it being an inappropriate conversation for you to have in public, just like my personal intimate relationship with my husband is probably too much information for most people. Um, you know, just keep, let's keep it appropriate conversation. I, I just, that's what I say. I'm interrogating them. I'm doing zoom interviews before I allow them to come and then they can come take a tour if they're serious, but they have to pay me money first to let me know that they're putting their deposit down and otherwise they're just not going to get food. And yes, I'm just being discriminating. I mean, I'm, I'm here to serve anybody who wants to make a commitment. And if you don't want to make a commitment, I just don't care because I just don't care. It's, and this is my day, y'all. I mean, Wednesday's my biggest, busiest day. We have a whole bunch of I just don't care. And yeah. so I'm, I'm open right now. And, you know, but I do tell them also that there is great love here for you. That's what the back of the shirt says. I don't know if you can see it. Anyway, I say there there is great love here for you because there is. Thank I mean, you. I do That's love awesome. you, but Good shirt. yeah, you have to make a commitment, though. People, what, what I mean, about you, Jeff? Yeah, no, it's true. Any, anybody who new comes into this, it's like a lifelong commitment because once you go back, once you go, there's no going back. It's kind of like taking the red pill. What do you say, so, to that, Jack? So what's interesting to me is when this whole shitstorm started, I got two different kinds of emails in mass. One was tons of people who knew me that were like, holy shit, you were right. Something did happen. And and those are kind of the new goslings, I guess. But I also got tons of requests to be on tons of podcasts and other media things. Like I was – more, I, I did more interviews in the first 60 days, I think, than I've done in the last six years. And everybody had the same question. Mm-hmm. How do you get started prepping? And it's kind of like, well, three months ago, it was really easy. And then this was right at the beginning of the whole COVID pandemic, right? And like 
all the advice that I gave for the last 13 years doesn't really work very well right now because it was like, you know, slowly buying extra food, start right. putting gardens, find local producers to start dealing with all the stuff that I've taught for over a decade. And I'm like, well, now everybody's trying to do it at the same time. And so I would do my best on those interviews, but I yep. had to really like say like, okay, look, and, and I would say like, look, guys, I don't think this is the end of the world as we know it in, in the way that people were thinking really rapid and fast. There's going to be a blip. It's going to settle down to a point where you're going to get an opportunity to do all the things that I said you should have done yep. in the past very soon. It's six, seven months into this. Like it's, it, you're not going to starve to death. You're not going to be living on rat bait or something like that. And what happened was exactly that, but most of those people that were clamoring, they went, eh, you know, it ain't so bad. I wear a mask and I get my yeah. food from to go instead of from the restaurant. And, but yet I have seen like more and more people that are actually active and engaged and want to know right now. And I think I've seen it in two ways. I've seen it on the supply side, people that are looking at the shelves and going, Yeah, I remember when this started, and this is starting to look awful familiar, and there's no real reason for it right now as far as they know anyway. Maybe I really do need to do something. And then I'm seeing a, a total different group kind of pushed into goose mode, and those are the people that are being pushed more by the authoritarian crackdown stuff. People that are like, this is yeah. crazy. Like, we're going to fire nurses because they don't have a shot in the middle of a supposed pandemic, right? Like people are starting to realize that's crazy. And then you start to see things like, like Southwest still, still begging and pleading you to believe, look guys, look, um, it was really weather, weather. events and some the weather. Minutes. It wasn't our yeah, pilots. Yeah. You know, the pilots are like, the we so that shit down, and if you keep doing it, we're going to shut that shit down again. And, and it's like, they're like Baghdad Bob, right? If you remember Baghdad Bob, nothing to see. It's only yeah. the bad weather. The, the, the Southwest planes will fly soon. You're yeah. like, well, why did United fly? Why did America? Why did everybody fly but you? And the pilots are like, guess what we did, bitches? And we're going to do it again, and we're going to keep doing it. And, like, United pilots are starting to talk about it. Some federal judge even came out today and said, you can't mandate. Not, they told they, The federal judge told United they can't mandate their employees to get the, the shot. And I think that judge probably just had a moment of, like. Because it's not on the books. Right. It, it probably it's not a law. It's not a law. It was. Hold on. Hold on. Doesn't matter if it's a law. It's still a, yeah. it's still a company that could do it if they wanted to, independent of a law. That the law does not have to be there for a company to do this. The But company really can't do it off. under Title Seven. Right. Right. Under Title Seven. Okay. Hold now on, I'm speaking. Hold on. Hold on. Hold Let on. me finish. Let okay. Finish. All right. Let's so. This judge had a moment of clarity. I don't think he had a clarity for liberty. I think he had a moment of clarity in that what happens if the freaking airline shut down across the country? What does that do to society? And I think that people are starting to get in touch with all this shit about we're going to fire 2,500 nurses here, 3,000 people there, 125,000 Boeing employees, right? This is – if anybody saw the remake – of the ant and the grasshopper that Disney did a few years ago, where the freaking ants are like, they have no idea that all they have to do is like stop serving the grasshoppers. That's literally where we're at right now. And I think people are starting to see that. So I'm seeing it come from both sides. Neethi, whatever you want to say, but it really wasn't about legality that I was talking about. Sorry. I wasn't trying to speak over you. I was just, I'm happy to speak with you. That's all. You know? <laughs> I was just like, I'm just with you. I, But I do want to say for anybody out there who has, 
like, you know, the, the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, so the EEOC, it's under Title VII, they cannot, like a, a company cannot mandate this. So they can, they can say all kinds of other things. You know, like what I've heard also about Southwest is that they told the pilots that they don't have to do anything, but also they can get unpaid leave. Like they're just putting them on unpaid leave. They're not firing them. They're, you know, so they can just make it very difficult if they, but. This is the problem though. We keep saying things like, I'm sorry, but we keep saying people, they can't do it. They're doing it. Unpaid leave, you might as well be fired, right? Like, so we can say they can't. No, no, no. I agree with you. Business owners can do whatever the hell they want, but they're going to be facing a bunch of lawsuits. I'm just saying they're opening themselves up for lawsuits any way they go, because there's just as many people who think that they're going to die if you're not vaccinated versus all the people that believe that they, you know, don't need to violate their sacred bloodstream. So it is, it is, uh, tough on a business owner, especially if they're trying to walk the line. If you're going to be a business owner and you don't pick a side right now, you're screwed. And most of them don't want to pick a side because they are afraid of the money they're going to lose. But I will tell you that I picked a side and all I've been doing is winning because it's clean and clear. And everybody who's working with me, anybody who's doing business with me, there is no confusion. So if you want to be a, success, a successful business owner, then take the hit for a minute and take some of the losses of the people who don't agree with whatever your choice is. Pick a side. I don't care which one it is. Pick one so that everybody who's working with you, whether it be on the consumer side or the business business side or the employee side, everybody knows where they stand with you. And then you're going to do so much better than these people who want to try to walk a freaking line. Don't try to be a faker. Like, just pick a freaking side. So well, integrity think- is going to matter. So I'm sorry. I, I'd I like to answer the question. Integrity. I just want to say integrity is going to matter going forward. For like, pick pick something and stand by it 100%. and manage its integrity. To, to so Jack's think, point, of so, all these people that are waking up in the next week or two, it's coming. So when they come to us, I think, like, the first thing in lifeguard school was when you get out there to the guy, he's either going to try to kill you or he's going to come in with you. Yep. One of the two, and that will happen. So as you're swimming yep. up on the person who's about to drown – You've got like half a second to decide, like, are they going to grab you and drag you to the bottom? And your best course is to knock them the fuck out and then help them. Or are they coming? Everybody uh, who's listening on audio, we're all nodding our heads. Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) So so that's the. So so if you you were to to ask myself that question, I would I would. Did he freeze? He froze. Oh, oh no 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 no! I I I, I think I think that there's a, a delay. There's a lag here. Um, right. So for me, if I were going to answer that question, yeah, there's a delay here. Um, I would say that everything that you all said is is very pertinent and very real, right? There is something that is fundamentally shaking everybody to their core, and everybody like we're herd animals, right? Uh, it's the same thing with the price of Bitcoin, for instance. When nobody wants to buy Bitcoin when it's down, but that's the time you do it. Nobody wants to prep when everything's going sweet, but that's the time you do it. Um, and so now, like, in, in the pandemic fear mode, the fear is going up. And so everybody's like, oh, we got to prepare. But it's, like, almost too late, right? Now, 
when people come to me, new goslings that are like, oh my God, Xavier, you were right all this time. And in the very beginning of the pandemic, before it happened, November 19, I sent out a letter to the people that I considered close to me. And I said, this is where we will be. You are welcome there if you have this list of things. And only if you come when we come. Because if I didn't send this to you, I'd feel like a shit bag. And all of them, all, all to the T, laughed at me and said, that's ridiculous. You're overreacting. You're crazy. Meanwhile, I went to the farm chilled out with my family and spent the entire summer just fucking jumping in waterfalls, building gardens and planting and having fun while they were all like freaking out about toilet paper. Right. So <laughs> it's about staying ahead of the curve. And anybody who's new, that's the most important like piece of tidbit of information that I can give them. Fucking pay attention, trust your instincts and don't go with the herd. If the herd is all running this way, go the opposite direction. Right. And then, and then I, I, you know, say, go listen to Jack Spearco. Then I say, you know, go, go to Freedom Cells. Then I say, go listen to Tori. Um, and frankly, like, go find a community. Start, yeah. start now, even if you're late. Like, go figure out where you're going to be for the fucking apocalypse because everybody thinks somebody else is going to do something. There is no somebody else. It's us. Like, all of this, all, if this is going to get steered back into the right direction, it's us who are going to do it. And if we're not, like there are people who are literally taking action, doing everything that they can within their legal framework. But how somehow people are like, oh, we're just going to have to let this ride through. G's going to show up and, you know, we're all going to fight till the end. And it's like, then that's what will fucking happen. And if that's what fucking happens, then you need your outpost and you need your community and you need your growing food and you need your water source. And you better be on that shit, because even if that doesn't happen, it's still going to be needed because we're still going to go through a rough time. Yeah, so I'm, get on it is what I say to them. On what Brian was saying about you know rescuing a swimmer, I actually had to do that. I was down in Panama and there was a uh, it ended up being a major. I didn't know that at the time. And his wife they got in a riptide and mm-hmm. they got pulled out and they were freaking out and they were fighting it, which is like the last thing you do. And me and two other guys swam out to him and I ended yeah. up pulling the woman in. The two other guys pulled the guy in because he was kind of a fat ass for a major, but she was flicking, flailing and crap, and I really didn't want to. Cracker and if I it's just do nothing. Just go limp. I got this. Right. But if you keep doing this, I'm going to let you go. Right. Yeah. Like, so I need you to calm down so I can help you because I can't help you in this state. And this is screaming and yelling and she's freaking damn near about to go under. Uh, and once she did, the human body's actually buoyant in salt water. It's not that hard to drag somebody in, you know, once you get out of the current. And, uh, they were already out of the current. They were just so tired. They didn't know they were out of the current at that point. Um, and that's what I've been doing for all the years I've been doing this. The, what is the first thing I do with new people? Calm them the fuck down. Yeah. Right? Like, chill. Like, there are, there are tons of resources. There are tons of people willing to help. What you need to do is make an assessment of where you're the weakest, and we need to start there. And we can't start throwing everything at this little baby gosling that just fought its way out of the egg and finally went, holy shit, it's yeah. not all super in the egg anymore. Yeah. I got to go out and grow feathers and learn how to you know, eat grass and take care of myself, right? Because that's kind of yeah. what we're talking about here. Those people need to be nurtured, and it's the same way I teach people to build a business. They're like, I want a business that makes me $100,000 a year. Have you ever run a business in your life? Nope. So you've <laughs> never made any money. Okay, let's make your first dollar. 
I don't want to talk about making a dollar. I want to. No, 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 no. On the way to a hundred grand, you're going to have to make your first dollar in profit. Let's make your first dollar. Let's make your first hundred dollars. Okay. Now let's do that again. You can make two hundred dollars. Now let's do that again. You make four hundred. Just do what you did to get where you are and keep building on that kind of doubling mentality. Whatever you did to get there, obviously you could do that. Now go do that again. And that's how I teach prepping. Like let's do, let's, I, I don't want people living out of the supermarket, but you know what? As long as there's shit on the shelves and that's what you're living on now, let's go make your pantry deep. We can do that in two weeks. We do it. I don't want people, you know, 100% dependent on fossil fuels, not because I'm worried about saving polar bears, but because there's better ways to do things long term. But hey, let's get 60 gallons of gas in storage, in rotation in your garage. We can do that in another week. Like, how do we go into this and like, first thing you need to do, get online, see who locally produces food. Go start buying from local producers. You're like, I'm going to start raising my own chickens. Okay, if you don't kill them all, you'll have some food in 14 weeks, right? Like, or you can go find right. a farmer that's already growing the chickens and growing the beef and growing the pork, and you can start buying from them and form a relationship before everybody else tries to. And believe it or not, like, right now, everybody's like, supply chain, supply chain. So the Ask Clown in Chief was on today talking about how he's going to fix the supply chain. His solution was all the companies are going to work harder. That was his. That was his fucking grand plan, right? It even sound, it actually made sense because it was literally the government not doing anything. It was literally the longshoremen working twenty four seven, the yeah. trucking companies, Walmart going to twenty four seven shifts. Like it was everybody except the government fixing the problem. So it might actually help, right? But it's still fucked. But right now, it's actually not that bad. It's not anywhere near what it could be. Like the, he's talking, the, I call it, the, Xavier called him the potato. I call him the potato salad because I think he's scrambled beyond potato. And he was talking about people are worried about whether or not their gifts are going to come in time for Christmas. I'm like, no dick shit. They're, they're worried about whether or not they're going to be able to feed their fucking kids by Christmas time. But you don't have to do, you don't have to be there right now. Even if every single person that hears this broadcast in the next month goes full in on getting prepared, it won't make a dent in the existing supply chain because most people won't. So if you're waking up, don't fucking panic because this is what happens. They wake up and they're like, fuck, everybody's going to wake up, right? Everybody's, no, right. they're not. Right. They're not. When they're, when they're fighting over a piece of, of, of like, rat turd that has a whole corn kernel in it like they do in prisons in North Korea, then they'll wake up. Most are not going to wake up. So you stay calm. You stay rational. That's something we learned in the military. No matter how bad it gets, you have to stay calm if you're going to, if you're going to be able to operate under the conditions you're in. You don't get to choose those conditions. Now they're the way they are. If you want to survive, you want to get your men out, you stay calm first. And so that's What's that acronym. Stop. S-T-O-P. Stop. Yeah. Stop is the acronym. Stop. Think. Observe. Plan. Right. Yeah. And then stop. Right. Stop. Stop. Think. Observe. Plan. And act. Right. Brian. So for you, um, you know, we've just talked about how the herd moves and how people generally react and how we're still very much um, a minority. We're outliers. All four of us here um, in that in that we have been seeing the writing on the wall. We're prepared to one degree or another. And we've got plans, contingency plans and and frankly, like missions that we're on, each one of us. So in your personal sphere, right, the new goslings, what, what advice do you give them? You know, like take care of yourself first. Until you yeah. can take care of yourself and your family for real, everything, you have no business running around trying to like 
help a political party or do a da da but like go to fucking work. Like right. make money. Amen. Yeah. Get stuff and take care of yourself. After you are a whole person, I call it a plus one human. Right? And you could be a point five, a point eight. Mm-hmm. Till till you are a one, you have no business doing anything else except getting yourself to a one. Like that is your mission. So it, people come around and go away quickly because I am harsh. <laughs> I, I just call it like I see it. And if you're a point seven, I'm like, hey, you're a fucking point seven. You cannot feed yourself right now. Stop talking to me about plans for a little bullshit we're going to do. Feed yourself. Clothe yourself. How's yourself? That's all done. And you've got a little nut under your bed to eat for a week or three. Come on back. Then let's talk about some other stuff. But until that, I would be working three jobs, like literally. So, like, you know, at the very beginning, that's how you can't go buying supplies if you don't have enough money to get to work. So fix the income thing. Then shit, if you're living in a house with a $4,000 mortgage payment, maybe you take advantage of top of the market and get yourself a really nice house somewhere else. So whatever it is that is the suck that's making you in the panic, in the not good spot, fix that first. Then get around everything else. Yep. Here's a little tidbit that I, I want to share with everybody. Um, you want to get ahead of the curve on something? Check out niobium. N-I-O-B-I-U-M. Niobium. It is a metal that they can put an electric. It, it, it can withstand a high electric voltage, and when they do put voltage through it, it actually changes the color of the metal. Not like you know uh, a painted sheet on it, but it can be purple, blue, yellow, gold, all of these wonderful colors. And it is. It has. A, it's like the new gold. Let's just put it that way. So. If you want to get ahead of the curve on something, go check out Niobium. Um, Nithi, for you, what is the advice that you give them? What do you, what do you say? Like, we've had some really great examples. Jack said, um, you know, don't freak out, you know, and then Brian's like, take care of yourself first. Get your, get your house in order before you start thinking about helping anybody. What's mm-hmm. your biggest, uh, your biggest piece of advice? Well, I tell them that, you know, I mean, what have I been doing here for 12 years while everybody thought I was freaking crazy person? or whatever. I, right. I say to them, I say, you know, like I've been already creating this alternate universe that you can participate in. So, you know, help is, you know, like relief is here. Calm, calm down. Just relax for a second. So, you know, you got food set up here. Why don't you try to work on something else? So what I've been advising folks to do first is I'm like, what's your financial situation? Can you try to become financially sovereign? Like as financially sovereign as you can for yourself right now? Because, you know, this is going to take, I mean, I, I've said that the collapse is coming. I mean, I said it 12 years ago. Who knew that they were going to just do it so hard and so fast? But we are prepared. I said, if you've come around me, if you got a whiff of me, if you're in my physical space over here, then we at least you have food if you want it, you know. But what you need is financial sover- sovereignty, you know, to try to be able to manage that at this point. And so the other part of it, like, is, you know, people are like, well, what can I do? I'm, I'm scared about my job. I'm like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, why don't you try to just start your own business doing the same damn thing? Like, you don't have to try to learn something new. Why don't you just do something that you're doing already, but do it for yourself? And then I do always go back to that whole other piece where I'm like, pick a freaking side and be, be bold about your side and walk on it because if you don't operate with integrity, then, I mean, I keep saying this integrity. 
Yeah. If you don't, if you're not walking on solid ground, then nobody knows where you're at. And, you know, like I, people can say whatever they want to say about me, but they know where they stand all the time with me. And that way there's the security in that, you know, and that's what everybody's seeking. They're seeking relief. And so yes, I'm like, if, right. I'm like, if you're going to operate, oper- if you're operating in truth, you're operating in security. You have to be order honest. And out of chaos, right? You have to right. create order. We, we as creatures love habit and ritual and, and uh, pattern. Right. So what about this, right? You said something like, oh, I'm worried about my job. Somebody would say that. Do you think somebody who is in that mental state, I'm worried about my job, is ready for what's coming? Because for me, the only people who are really ready for what's coming are, I can walk into the woods with a knife, right? right. And I'm prepared right. to, because it, it like, th- I believe personally things are going to get so bad for a period of time that that is going to be sort of the mentality. And if you're not fortified within, then, and if you think like, oh, things are going to go back to normal, I'm going to have a job and everything's going to be cool. Like, I got, I got, I got a bridge to sell you in the fucking Sahara. So... Do you think that that is legit? Do you think I'm off base there? What do you What do you say, Jack? Uh, my My thought with that is I don't really give a shit what makes the goose come out of the egg. If it's fear of losing their job, I'll take it. If it's um, oh, right, right, too right, many right. mandates, I'll take it. Like I don't. There's no one that emerges from the egg or the womb fully grown. So we're talking about new people now. So I don't. I don't expect somebody who woke up to be in the right mental state to survive long-term. Right. I don't expect it. I don't hold them to that standard. And and I'm all about picking a side, like Neethi said, but I, I don't think you really need to be that much verbal with it. Like, when you really pick a side, no one questions what side. When you actually, like she's talking about, you make that choice, and I'm not going to try to fit the middle. I'm not going to try to make people comfortable. I'm not going to be like, well, I believe that vaccines are safe and effective, but you should have a choice. No, no. Like, I'm like, I don't want it, and I'm done. I don't have to keep no. saying it. It's over. It's done. It ain't happening. Yeah. If I run a company, I'm not mandating it for my employees. I don't give a shit if they ever do make their stupid law, which they – like, Neethi's right. They don't have that law. It doesn't exist, right? If I had a company with 120 people in it, guess what? I have two companies with 60 people in it. That's what just happened. Whatever you do, I'm going to respond back to, and that's what I teach. As far as the whole walking into the woods with a knife, um, no. I don't think you're going to need to be able to do that. I really don't. I think that there might be places where it might be a really good idea to be able to do that. Um, if you look at breakdowns of societies throughout all of human history, there's always things that fill vacuums. There's always ways that people adapt. Don't get me wrong. Shit could get really bad. And the person that can, like you said, walk in the woods with a knife, or for that matter, knows how a freaking fishing pole works, how to swat a grasshopper and put food on the plate, will be better off, just like you were during the Great Depression. I remember, like, when I was a kid, I used to dig through all my grandfather's shit out in his shed, and one day I find these rat traps. And, like, they used to make rat traps out of freaking oak. I mean, these things were heavy. You could have smacked somebody with one. And they had these holes drilled in them. And I'm like, what, 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 Grant, what's, why are there holes in the rat trap? He goes, them squirrel traps. And I'm like, what? He goes, they're squirrel traps. He said, during a depression, we would, we would screw them to a tree, bait it with peanut butter, and then set the trap, and the squirrel would come down the tree and get trapped, and it couldn't drag the trap away. And I'm like, how'd it work? He said, good for about four years. 
Because after about four years, there weren't many squirrels left. So this that type of like bushcraft capability like is badass. But I would really like if you want to start thinking about like that. There's a what's his name Robert Breedlove who's big in the Bitcoin world. He has a whole series called the Sailor series. S a y l o r like Michael Sailor, not a ship. And they start out talking about kind of the dawn of humanity and all, even though they're talking about Bitcoin. And if you start listening to Michael talk about thinking like an engineer, how I would survive in the woods, then you realize there's a whole other way to play this game. Because he's like, I'm not going out with a spear or a fish, fishing rod and try. I'm going to dam the river like a beaver, and I'm going to divert the water, and I'm going to channel the fish into it, and I'm going to get 200 fish in there, and I'm going to lock them in there, and every day I'm going to go pull a fish out of that 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 locked up area. And like yep, yep. that's the mindset that we're gonna have to think of, and not just with capturing fish or living off the land. Like that mentality of engineering solutions, business. right? Yes. Business co-ops like Neethi's doing. I don't know if that's the right word Congress. for it, but right, Ch- food churches, whatever gets around their yep. bullshit, whatever works. And and the biggest thing I took away from that early part of that series was in nature, there's no fair. He was talking about like this battle the right, Romans right. fought, and the enemy had the high ground, and they were up on this thing, so they they couldn't get them with the catapults, but they were like on like a plateau below a peak, so they freaking threw the they used the catapults, so they launched the boulders above them, and the boulders came rolling down, and then the whole mountain came rolling down, and created basically a rock avalanche, and smashed like eighty percent of the enemy troops into oblivion. Then they went up and finished them off with spears and swords. Right. And that that mentality, not yeah. necessarily yeah. always slaughtering people, but that there is no fair. There is no playing by their rules. There's there's moving around their rules. There is no playing by anybody's rules other than nature's rules. And that doesn't mean we can't be decent to each other and good to each other. But when it comes down to it, if you are the enemy, you are the enemy. And I'm not playing fair with you. And I think we need like that's a. Without like freaking people totally all the way out, that is kind of a conversation. Maybe you have a little bit more gently with the new Gosling. Like you're going to have to think that way. That I'm going to yeah, build yeah. my life in a way that's basically I'm going to build uh, like a citadel around my life. And if you fuck with me, then I'm going to kill you with catapults. Whatever that catapult might have to be, that's going to happen. And you won't and see it coming. And you yep. won't see it coming. And yep. when you live that way, generally you're the person that gets left alone because I'm not talking about mouthing off about it, right? You just yep. do yep. your shit. You don't go like, I dare the government to come here or something like that because then they're going to come, right? Yeah. Then you've, you've made yourself a target. I'm not talking about being a target. I'm talking about being such a hard target. It doesn't look like a target. That it's like, let's go bother somebody else. Because there's plenty of people to bother right now. Well, so let me I, be clear. I, 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 I was saying not that it's going to come to you. You need to be out in the woods with a knife, but you need to have that mentality. And you really expounded upon that really well. Because it really is about resourcefulness, self-reliance. How far are you willing to be uncomfortable? And okay. if, so, if so, then the degree that things degrade, you'll actually be way prepared. Because it won't get that bad. I get you. you were about to I understand. Yeah, I was just going to say that um, I'm glad you said that, um, Xavier, but like X just did a uh, his baseline that he just did was good where he gave the little synopsis about what's going on. And and I think that rather than get yourself prepared to be able to walk out into the woods with a knife, I think you would need to get your mind ready to, to know and believe that we're walking back into a natural law. 
And so, you know, what Jack just said was yes. beautiful because he really ironed all that out really like beautifully that we're going to, yep. we're going to go back to a time where you're walking back into natural law. And yeah, I mean, nature operates in an order. And so, you know, it does not, uh, I mean, I think people think that nature is chaotic, but it's not chaotic. Nature operates in an order. And if you're not going to, if you're going to try to interfere with it, then you're going to die. Oh my God. <laughs> For anybody who's just listening, X just put on a wig and he's got like hair down to, he's got his rock star wig and this glasses. This is my Jesus wig. I, mi- I miss my long hair, Brian. I saw yours and I was like, I miss my long hair. That is so funny. But yeah, I think that everybody needs to be prepared to pivot more than necessarily be able to walk into the woods with a knife. Like you need to be prepared to be uncomfortable outside of your norm. But I think that if you uh, position yourself in a way, I mean, like I, we were going to talk about what we've all had to sacrifice to do the things that we've been doing. And I think that that's what we're saying to people is that you need to be prepared to sacrifice something like, you know, I sacrificed my income for our entire married life because I decided to do what I'm doing, which has been mission work. And this is all um, philanthropic, you know, and it's because I have to build yeah. something, nothing. And so people could say I'm an idiot because I did it for free for the past 12 years or I had to do that. Because somebody had to freaking build the infrastructure and get the methodology in place and, and someone had to test it and figure it out. And so now I have the methodology and we are going to be able to start. I can affiliate it now. Now I can. And the only reason I'm doing an affiliation is not because I think you need to have a trademark or whatever, but you need freaking training. If you don't know what you're talking about, you're going to yeah. ruin yourself or ruin other families. And so yeah. the reason that we're yeah. going to roll the food church out in, uh, in this affiliate program is not because I need to be able to own and control it but i mean either you figure that shit out for yourself which you don't i don't think have time to do or you just do what i'm saying because no one else is really doing this right now no one's doing it i mean the things that i'm working on no one else is doing the thing you just brought up a great point neethi yeah you brought up a great point it's like you have to put in the work and you have to do it for a long time and you have to give up not necessarily give up but you have to adapt and change and so brian for you when you started that path what like Nicole said it in, in, in our group chat today really well. She's like, I gave up a four tube, you know, house in the suburbs because I wanted to grow my own food. And like, that's different than the norm. Like it didn't even occur to me like, oh yeah, like I never wanted to have a house in the suburbs to begin with. I wanted to like wander the world like Kane. Next thing I know, I have a family and I need to have a house. And so, you know, we moved out to the woods to do that, you know, like Captain Fantastic and shit. So there's an adaptivity that you need to have. Brian, in your journey, what have you had to give up or, or, or anything at all? Or is it just a natural thing for you? And when you meet goslings, do you portray this in any way? I, I, I love concert, like going on summer tour. It's my favorite thing. I was a deadhead in college and just, oh. nice. <laughs> so when yeah, we yeah. started having kids, right. And you got to do the family thing. And then, so, you know, we got into other stuff. Um, my, my now wife of seven years, her favorite thing is touring, right? And we just didn't go because our mission was to get land, set up food security for ourselves and set up an income path with the land, right? So together, we didn't do our number one heartfelt favoritest thing that brought us joy 
on purpose intentionally for eight years. Uh-huh. Right. So, you know what I mean? This is the, uh, when we went on fish tour here a couple weeks ago, that was the first time we'd really like gone out the way we like to do it for what, nine years, something like that. It, like a decade, wow. a long effing time. Yeah. So when kids yeah. show up that start talking about like, let's own this land jointly and they haven't given up like a concert ever. Or save fucking ten dollars. <laughs> I get really pissed off about here and the like. Let's equitably share. Like fuck, you want to equitably share? Right. You got about twenty thousand hours of work to do to like you hit my tail streak, <laughs> and then you got another hundred thousand yeah, hours, yeah. and then you get close. Uh, so yeah, it just yeah. it just seems like that's that. That was my frustration when I was chatting with Nicole on that. Is like you put in like fifty thousand hours of work in something. Somebody shows up after a fucking 10 weeks and then gets all jealous because you're blown out for a week. Like, dude, you have no right. idea. <laughs> uh, but that just yep. seems to be It takes like a lot of adjustment. Pattern. Yeah, it's just a pattern. People don't show yep. up with, like, gratitude for the, like, holy shit, I respect the decade you put into this. Like, how can I serve, how, you know, how can I serve and learn? It's like, yeah, two weeks in and they want to be like your yeah. co-partner. Like, wait, co-partner, fuck you. You got like two decades to go. <laughs> right, Brian. So like how many hours did it take for you to learn something in the first 10 years, right? Like that's, that's, people want me to like make a freaking social media post about how to do this. And I'm like, really? Like you just asked me on Facebook to tell you how I've been doing what I've been doing for 12 years. That's what you want me to tell you. Right. What did I learn in 12 years? And then some people will do it like t-shirt prepping or, or, or like, oh, look at my cute garden. And then they post about it as if they're going to get like support from other people. Like you have to have like a true love for being self-reliant. You have to have a true passion for being alive. And it can't be like, oh, you know, I'm going to teach others to do it. It's like, just fucking do it and others will follow, right? We were talking about, uh, Jack, we were talking about commitment and then having to give up things in the beginning of the journey, new goslings. You know, having to adjust to maybe I don't go live in the suburbs. Maybe I go and learn how to grow a farm, right? You know, um, I, I can't remember these two guys' names, but they're they're pretty well known. They were both interns under Mark Shepard in regenerative ag stuff. And they, uh, Grant somebody, and then I can't think of the other guy's name, but they were at Permaculture Voices too, and they were doing a presentation about how to get on land and actually have land that you can farm and what have you. And the permaculture movement attracts a lot of young wokes. It, it really does. And I'm glad because at least it gives them something productive they could do if they actually do it. But there was a huge number of young people that were probably quite broke. And they, it was Peter and Grant are the two first names. I can't remember the last name of either of them. Somebody probably knows who I'm talking about here in the chat. Um, you could hear the buzz in the room of all these young people. Oh, we're going to find out how, like there was going to be some magic beans that you would get your magic permaculture beans and you would cast them into the soil and land would appear or something like that. So they come out and it was, it was Peter was the one that was like, so when I got my land at first, uh, we, we cut poles off of the land and my wife hand sewed a yurt and we lived in the yurt for two years and then we, we were able to finance buying the land. And the other gentleman, I believe they bought like a used FEMA trailer. 
And they lived in that for a couple years. And then they were finally able to basically build a glorified shed they called a tiny house and then expanded into a house. And you could see all of these people, right, sitting there, all these young people that were all excited about how they were going to get their 40 acres and a mule just start cringing and it, it looked like they had things crawling up their back they could you know like at one spot you can't reach with your hands like like very very uncomfortable that oh well and then what was great was these guys were like early 30s right so they weren't some old fart like me saying it right these were like right in the generation that was squirming in the chair right they had the student loan debt they had all the problems that when people like us say this is what you need to do they're like oh you don't understand man It was easier, you know, when it was you. And, and they th they think, honestly, it was easier, like, back during the real homesteading generation when you could just go out west and claim 40 acres. Those people have never cut down one tree with a bow saw, right? <laughs> Because I've done it with – I've cleared, you know, a, a 20 by 20 area in my woods when I had my place in Arkansas with a chainsaw. That was a bitch of a two-day event, right? So before there were chainsaws yeah. and bulldozers – Our, our forefathers that went out and they took that 40 acres of the mule and they turned it into something, they were made of way harder metal than we are today. And people want to just bypass that. It cannot be done. And that's the reality check side. So first calm them down. And second reality check, none of this is going to be without sacrifice. Everything that you add to your life, and I don't care if you do it very plain Jane, very simple, Just deep pantry, fuel storage. Okay, so every dollar you spend to increase your sustainability and your self-reliance is going to be a dollar that you don't spend on avocado toast. Okay? Like, that's oh, what it's going to be. And you're going right. to have to make these decisions. And all the people that you think are lucky, we made those decisions. We Work. made those choices. You're looking at Instagram photos and Facebook posts and YouTube videos of our shit. You're not, you're looking at the end result. You're not looking at the 20 years of shit we went through. You're not looking at the fact that when I, when I bought my first wife's engagement ring, I slept in the back of my truck for two fucking weeks while I was traveling and saved up my per diem money so I could buy it. You're not seeing that part of our lives, whether it's sustainability or whether it's just how we got where we are financially. You have no idea. You're like, well, you were lucky you got into Bitcoin early. Listen, bitch, I told you to buy it back then and you chose not to. You, I wish I could buy Bitcoin for like $10,000 like you did. No, I told you to buy it when it was fucking 100 bucks, And you said it was too yeah. high. Like, everything in life is a choice, and most people make what they think is the safe choice, but what they're really making isn't the safe choice. They're making a comfortable choice. It's the choice. It's the comfortable choice, right? Like, yes, like yes. the safe choice is building your life so that every year you're ahead of where you were last year and you're doing a little bit better. You're a little more resilient. You're a little bit better. And that compounds over time like a freaking snowball rolling down a hill, getting bigger and bigger and bigger, right? To where you can't stop it. But people want to just go to the end and they can't. And that's, so that's my two things. Calm them the fuck down. And then you're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to make choices. Yep. Yeah. You don't have to give your health Very up either. Because I hear good. everybody talking about the rice and beans and ramen. No, you don't have to do that. What you have to do is be, is have priorities. I mean, why don't we talk about what they did in Little House in the Prairie Times, really? Like, actually, in those days, they slept in a shelter that didn't maybe have a floor. But they were they had walls. 
they had the important parts up, you know, and then they had a, they had a walls and a roof and it was a freaking box. It wasn't even a beautiful box. It was just a box, you know, and then the earth kept well, it. That's a great know? point. And I'm going to let you continue, Nidhi, but they also had each other. And that yeah. is a fucking key to all of this. When we can share time with each other, whether it's suffering, whether it's joy and draw out the great mystery in one another and the, the joy of being alive, that is huge. So people skills. Sorry, Nithi, go ahead. No, I agree. I mean, like we pulled our family really close too. That's another thing people don't know. I work with my kids. Do you think I can yeah. force them to just do what I want them to do for me? Is that what you think? Because there's a lot of folks that come here with their kids. And Isn't they that what kids are for? I mean, you know, I think they think that I just take a whip out and just like beat my children until they do what I say. Well, I don't know if you have kids, but if you do, wait a minute, there's another way. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's called love them. You know, like my children, I I give them responsibilities and I expect them to hold those responsibilities and mean, and, and you know what? They appreciate that I allow them to be responsible. And have responsibilities. And I hold their, I mean, I also, you know, my son said to me one time when he was nine, he said, well, you want me to talk to you like this because we're at work because we had a deal that when we're at work, we're, I'm a boss and he, you know, he works for me. And then he goes, but you know, then you try to be my mom at work. He goes, you can't be my mom then if you're my boss, you know? And he was like, you know, you said that, you know, we're being professional because he's nine (laughs) and I knew you're going to be professional. And he was just like, okay, so, but you're not being professional because you're being my mom right now and you can't be my mom and my boss. So you have to pick, you know, he goes, it's kind of not fair. And I was like, right. He was right. And so I said, you're right. And he couldn't believe that I said, oh my gosh, you're right. And I changed. I had to honor that. Right. So we had to go through these lessons together. And so that was part of the journey. I mean, it doesn't have to all just be about freaking beans and rice. OK, a lot of it is having communication and like open dialogue and listening to your children and your husband and whoever. I mean, you have to work together and figure these things out. And there was a lot. I mean, we're not like every other family where, you know, we have the two incomes. I'm going to keep going back to that piece of it. You know, you don't have to do it all the way, you know, where you sacrifice everything and, and live in a lean to with your whole family. My husband has a regular job and we kind of hate that part of it, but it is just what we allow for us to be able for me to be able to move this side of it until we can bring him back too. you know, so you could, you know, use your partner to do these things. And what do you think they did in the little house in the prairie days? Like we had a conversation not long ago. Do you not think that women were watching the backs of the men? Cause who else was with them? It was the husband and the wife riding out on a prairie and she had to be a badass to be able to have his back. Just saying she was still the queen. Yeah, no, that's great. There was a, there was a good question that came up in the chat. And it asked, um, oh, God, where did it go? It was, it, what percentage of the population do you think is at least a little more open to the concepts like we discussed on Unloose the Goose? And where were they, say, two years ago? Do you feel, Nithi, or let's go to, let's go to Brian. Uh, do you feel that there, there, there's a higher percentage now? I think that's an obvious yes. But where would you say that is? It's so weird. People are, if they didn't want to see it, 
they're getting really like locked into not wanting to see it. Like it's, uh, I don't know. I maybe maybe 20, 30% of people are like at least questioning now. Although wasn't the news already like a super majority already thought it was complete bullshit anyway. So I don't know how far you could push it. It's just a matter of what polls they'll let you see now. But most people with masks on up here. If you were to guess. Uh, I, I, Sorry, I probably didn't moved another 20% into the holy shit, we're in a fascist regime. There's a lot of winking behind masks yeah. up here. When you live behind, I mean, it's, it's going hardcore, hardcore commie. Um, you know, but there's, but and, the and people what do you that think working, about the percentage of people who, who have woken what, up? What about the percentage of people that you think are now walking USB sticks? No, the people, how many people do you think oh. are now walking USB sticks with the, with the nanobots? Yeah, I, it's, up here it's like 70%. I mean, they just, they want free stuff. Really? They, as it, as it devolves every cycle, right? We're having all these. Remember, he's in Washington. Yeah, they're, yeah, I'm in near Seattle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're voting for, they're voting for more cops at the same time. They're defunding them and then they're not letting them. You can literally do heroin on the sidewalk across the street from the municipal mall with the police station across the street. They won't, they, if you try to stop that person, uh, they will do something to you. It, it's, it's insanity. But anyway, so you, Jack, they you know, I, I would agree. It's probably about 20% of the population added on. You know, added on to, uh, well, your USB sticks. I'll, I'll get to the USB stick. I want to start out where we, like what Brian said, probably another 20%. So I would say like about 5% of the people probably were awake before this shit started. And about 20% more of the total. So I think we're looking at about a quarter of the population, at least somewhat awake. The problem I have with that number, that would be a pretty good number if they were all awake like we're talking about. There's a shitload of them that by awake, they believe the great pumpkin will rise again. I'm talking about the orange man, right? And that politically we can fix all this. And if you believe that the solution is political right now, I don't think you comprehend the problem. Maybe there can be some rectification of some of the problems, a little less damage with different people running the, the controls. But overall, this is a problem we have to solve. And so of that 20% that got added on, Maybe half of those actually think that way. Like, hey, look, it's up to us to start putting together like th- things like freedom cells, things like food churches, co-ops, et cetera, that we need to do this collectively. I think nationwide, 70% or more of people are walking USB sticks. They just might be right-wing USB sticks versus left-wing USB sticks, but they still basically believe what the TV says um, I think it's less true here in Texas and probably some other states that are like your state of Florida. It's, it's probably less true of the total number that we kind of bend more toward individualism. However, I also think in a weird way it may have backfired with the additional wake ups. We might have had less additional wake ups in Texas and Florida because our life wasn't radically fucked up. Like my life right now, if I decide right now, you know, when this is over, I'm going to see if I can get my wife to not be too tired to do it. And we're going to go downtown Fort Worth. We're going to go to a badass restaurant, sit up on the roof, look at the view of the city, and I'm going to go dump 150 bucks on on a night out with my wife. 
Nothing stops me. I don't need a, I don't need a mask. I don't need a piece of paper. I don't need a digital passport. And that's great. And I'm glad it's that way. I'm not complaining about it, but I'm thinking that maybe people that have been more subjected to the bullshit, like you don't see people like the gym owner in New Jersey down here because they don't have to, right? They don't have to do it. Um, but like that guy risked everything just to open his gym in the initial shutdown. We, we have been spared the pain and that therefore I, I don't know if maybe we've had as many people who are kind of like, eh, that's all right. And like all the supply chain shit I keep hearing about, it's not here. I don't understand why, but like if I go out to a grocery store or something, I don't go that often, but when I go, everything's in stock. We have, there's no gas station shut down. Like everything's fine. And it's, it's a weird thing to me to see this going on in other places and not understand why, Not only do we not have the restrictions, we don't have the the missing inventory. And I'm not saying we're not gonna, and we do to a degree. Don't think I'm saying there's nothing. Like one of my best friends is an engineer, and he works on designing and, and, and building houses and large industrial projects. And they're two years out on some of their roofing materials right now. So it's not all hunky dory. But if you want a ribeye, go pick up a pack of ribeyes. It's not a big deal, you know. Either down the road from the local guy or from the, the mass-produced KFO shit at the grocery store. It's all here. I'm going to tell you why, though. Remember, we talked about this, Jack. You forgot. I, I told you because they're terrified of Texas, brother. Y'all going to, they know you're going to. They might be. Yeah, there's. They're, they're terrified of messing with Texas. I don't think people understand. Like, people talk about, like, armed revolt, like, is possible and what have you. Um, there are people here that, I mean, literally train military tactics level training in groups. We have our own state guard. It's not the National Guard. It's the Texas State Guard. And they get used for things like, you know, preventing rioting and preventing things like uh, looting after hurricanes and stuff like that. But those guys are way tighter individually than, like, National Guard troops. They're much more kind of anybody that ever was in the military can join this, the Texas State Guard. Like, and you, it's, it's, a, it's not paid. It's, it's an all-volunteer force. Like, that's a whole other freaking paramilitary element That, that exists in the state. We have militias that have good relations with their sheriffs. Like yeah, that's yeah. actually a thing. We have our, we have the Republic of Texas. Like it got talked about as like this group of crazy guys. It was like that was a group of like 15 people living in a trailer out in the Davis Mountains. Like that was not the actual Republic of Texas. We have a real Republic of Texas with our own government already sitting in place ready to go if our own Texas legislature won't step up. We have actually have people elected the way that the founders uh, had, mm-hmm. like, the Continental Congress elected. Like, that's the sh- – like, she's not wrong. And, you know, you can say whatever you want about Snowpocalypse last year. That's a one-in-a-hundred-year event. We have our own electrical grid. We have our own seaports. We have our own refineries. And I think Florida is not maybe as solid, but it's in a pretty good state, too. Like, it's all coastline, right? And coastline is life. Yeah, like, yeah. so I think those two states, like, as much as they hate Abbott and DeSantis, and by the way, Abbott's nickname should be 60 Days Behind DeSantis. That should be Abbott's nickname. Yeah. <laughs> whatever whatever DeSantis does, Abbott will do it 60 days later if it works out. Um, you got does, the better governor. Does it make you alarmed, Brian, out there in the Pacific Northwest? And with what we've got going on, like, Florida and Texas are, you know, sort of ahead. Of, they're like the last two free bastions in the United States. I mean, Utah's close. Uh, South Dakota, but nobody goes there. 
Right. Right. But nobody right. goes there, right? So, you know, it does, okay. Does it, so this does, whole supply chain you? distribution like, thing on the West Coast, I don't know about the East Coast ports. The trucking person shortage and the dock worker person shortage, they're both federally regulated jobs. So if I'm a trucker or a dock worker, I can drink as much Jack Daniels as I effing want Sunday night. I can roll into work fucked up Monday morning and go run those big 80,000 pound cranes, right? And just do my job. If I smoke a joint on Saturday night, I can't be a crane operator. I can't work at a port. I can't drive a truck. I can't run a forklift. It's right. They're, they're weeding out the vax people who don't want to, can't work. They're throwing them out of work. They've already weeded out like literally more than half the population on the West Coast smokes weed. So mm-hmm. now half your people that want to do work are forbidden from participating in supply chain jobs on purpose. That's why yep. they have to pay $22 at the Amazon warehouse, 18 blocks from my house, to literally pick shit off a shelf. $22 an hour plus full medical, plus dental, plus vacation, plus all the time off you want. Plus, they took them out of the hospitals, too. They did this all on purpose because they so, want to bring in um, military and they want to bring in all the people that they want to control. And what they're doing, like when I was saying to you that operate with integrity, if you're a business owner, pick a freaking side and operate with integrity. Why? Because that is what they are doing. If that's what they are doing, because they have already like let a whole bunch of people go and they're going to fill those jobs that they're going to now screen. And they're only going to put the what did you call them, Xavier, the the nanobot people. Whatever they are, I can't, yeah, the USB people. He's going to put, that's what they're going to do. They're going to put those people in there. So now if you had somebody at the hospital or whatever that was going to give you grace because they were like alive and normal, then no longer will that happen. So I'm just like, you know, everybody here is like, just let's open a Patriot hospital. They already started some Patriot airline. I don't know about if you know about it. It's like all members only or whatever. I mean, Southwest could just do that too. And just be like, boom, we're going to, I don't know what it, what, what. So Joe could solve the labor shortage because the FDA, he is their administrative boss. All he has to say, like right now, the truck drivers can smoke Delta 10 and Delta eight while they're rolling down the road and get high as fuck, but it's not Delta nine. So it's not federally illegal. All he has to do mm. is crisscross out that one number, boom, 50% more workers everywhere tomorrow. And it won't cost anybody anything in its administrative rule. So why has he chosen to make a shortage? Oh, well, isn't that already evident that they're all doing this on purpose? I mean, this is a purposeful collapse. And, you know, um, the only way for us to get around it is to not participate. We, the people, have to rise and take over. So come on. Let's just stand up and just stop playing the is, game. You know, everybody's always asking me how I have permission to do what I do. I don't ask permission. I don't seek permission. I don't have permission. I just do what the hell I want to do. And you can, too. You don't need permission. Stop asking for permission. We give ourselves permission. That's what the new people ask. The very first thing you say, like, okay, go start a go start a lawn company tomorrow. You could put right. on Craigslist. We'll get you 100 customers by the end of the right. week. And they the first thing they ask is, where do I go fill out the lawn? No. Permit? You don't. Fuck, you you don't label your car so they don't know your work. Don't, 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 don't permit. Don't ask permission. Don't seek permission. Don't advertise. And yes, it's going to be a pain in the ass. That how much sacrifice have we made? How about that? How about I don't get to advertise like normal people do? How about that? And also, I also have a following anyway. 
because the people who really need this are going to find me and or they're going to be hungry. And I just don't care. They could just be hungry if they want to be. Sorry, Jack. Go ahead. No, that's fine. That's fine. I, I, I completely agree. I just, uh, number one, Brian, when you come back on, be a little closer to your mic. You got kind of quiet there at the end. Um, yeah, the, the permission thing is another thing. And I think the permission thing comes in two, two flavors. Flavor one is the people that genuinely think I need permission, that something bad will happen if I don't do it. I think that's the minority of the people requesting permission. I think permission is generally a fucking excuse. I have people all the time, well, I, I can't build a business. They won't let me. Well, who the fuck are they and what the fuck do you want to do? And if they tell me, like, I, I, I forget the first question. I don't even give a fuck who they are. Tell me what you want to do. And I'll give them 15 ways they can do what they want to do right now that if anything does happen, they're going to get a fine. So if you get a fine for 500 bucks and you made five grand this week, you know what you do? You pay the fucking fine and you go on about your business and you consider that the cost of doing business. That's, that's how all the billionaires do it. They get fined. They don't give a fuck as long as they made more money than they got fined. It's an expense. You build expense into the risk analysis of what you're doing. That's agorism 101. But most people that come up with this, I need a permit. They won't let me. They'll shut me down. They were never going to do it anyway. You could literally remove every freaking law and code that they can point to. You could, if you had a magic wand, I have a magic toothpick because I don't have a magic wand to go bling and it would all go away. And then they would sit there and find some other shit to bitch about not do. So the first thing I do, because we're supposed to be talking about helping new people, when I get some of this, like I want to do it, but I want to know what flavor of the, uh, of the permission bubble that they're going to give me. And if the permission bubble is a legitimate concern, I can work with that. I can tell them, hey, here's how to do your status jujitsu. Here's how to get this thing going. Just go do it. Think about how you do it. You'll be fine. If it's an excuse, I'm fucking out. I'm done. I'm tagged out. You, I, I'm not a, a psycho, psychological counselor, right? I'm not here to help you get in touch with your inner child. I'm not here to figure out why you why you hate your mommy, and then you'll be okay and be clear. Like that's not what I do. Like if you want to ha- make it happen, we'll make it happen. If you you want to make excuses, one of my laws of life: you can make excuses or you can make money. You can't do both. You just can't do both. Yeah, it's like a lot of people didn't play pirates enough when they were kids, and it shows. (laughs) Right. Well, and money and change. Those are the two things. You can't make money or make change. So, you know, I've been over here. I might not, like, I will tell you, like, I'm not making $100 million or something, okay? But the change that I'm making is more powerful as a side effect. And I'm not broke. And I'm not in the negative, but I'm not also like these people that are making these millions and millions of dollars on nothing on their fake lives and fake whatever. They, they're not going to have anything to stand on in about two minutes when we move into this natural law. When this natural law takes over, they will have nothing to stand on and I'll have a whole world to stand on. So there's that. Just real quick, X, the reason I'm muting you when other people are talking, we're getting echo back through your microphone. So if you could. You don't have to leave. He left. You didn't have to leave. <laughs> we were just whenever anybody was talking, we were getting a very low tone of the of the other side of the conversation back. I'm sure he'll be back in a minute. Um, yeah. Now we have no host. We're fucked, right? That's like, where we, uh, okay. So hold up, my 500 project, the thing that's behind me, right? So that's what that's for. Everybody that is a producer. Of I'm trying to see your thing that you have. Oh, what is it? So basically, the 500 project, it's a hashtag oh. project. Uh-huh. It's made to end advertising and Facebook ads oh. and Google ads. End them all. 
hashtags are powerful. The 500 Project is any producer or service provider. Think about massage therapists, people that make honey, people that run food churches. Own your hashtag. So we all tag 500 Project. So then you know, I am a producer. I am not a corporate entity with franchisees. That No, you are at the person that makes the thing. Or provides the service, right? Not a plumbing company with 20 guys that you're going to get Jimmy Joe. No. So what do we do, Brian? We do hashtag what? 500 Project. Now, I'm a coffee producer. So I also do 500 Project coffee. Oh. Now, when I get Nicole to start using the same thing, right? Both of us have populated all the social medias we're on with 500 Project. So if someone searches that... Boom, we show up. Now, if oh. they want to get specific, 500 Project Coffee, but boom, we, or 500 Project Mechanic, or 500 Project Massage Therapist. Own your hashtag, and then the duty is go sign 10 more people up that are in your thing, right? So every coffee roaster that I meet at every festival, at every whatever, because people love talk coffee, I tell them about the project, and then I convince them to use the hashtag, and so we're all together. So because all of the social media platforms use hashtags. That's how we just get around paying advertising fees to any of these Fs ever. Then the other kind of half is we have to educate the general public for like, okay, now you want grass-fed beef. Go online, 500 Project Beef, or 500 Project Grass-Fed Beef, right? Hashtags show up the smaller version of the longer thing, right? So as long as you've got that in there, everybody mm -hmm. that makes a thing directly, you now have a PM and you are connected. Boom. That's that's how you cut out the middleman. That's how you cut out the advertising. That's how you cut out the being fed crap on the uh, algorithms. Get what you want directly. But we got all got to play, producers and consumers, so that we can screw the middleman. Well, That's and brilliant. this is why Brian's Brian's project is brilliant, guys, because it's 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 really not designed for like my business model where I'm doing a membership because I'm a low dollar product. You pay for it once a year, right? It's designed for people that are producing a thing, you know, whether it's coffee or beef or honey or whatever it is. But just think about the number. So the idea is you get a 500 customers that are like private members of your thing and they, they're, they're committed to buying, you know, if it's beef, maybe they're buying once a year because it's a big item. If it's coffee, they're buying monthly. If it's honey, they're buying maybe quarterly, whatever it is. You take any beekeeper and say you have 500 regular customers. You don't have to, you don't have to remind them. They get on a subscription service. They get a couple quarts of honey every two months or whatever it is. That beekeeper doesn't ever have to do a fucking thing ever again to worry about the stability of his business. Might he grow it larger? Sure. But he's going to feed his fucking family. His business is not going to go under. He's done. He doesn't need shit. He's got his customer base, and if he's smart, he's got a waiting list once he has 500. I want to buy honey. Well, all my honey's spoken for. And I find it really interesting sometimes when you tell people shit like that, they don't believe you. They think it's a marketing for No. Like when I sell out my workshops, like, so really you can, like, you can do one. No, I have a waiting list of 45 fucking people. You want to be 46? Like, that's exclusivity. But what you then you get is people that are like, you know what? I, I like Brian's coffee. I don't want him ever to fucking go away. 
Because if he goes away, I have to go buy freaking Starbucks again, and Starbucks sucks ass, right? Starbucks sucks, sucks the ass of the world, and I don't want to drink the ass of the world. So I don't want Brian to go away, so I'm going to be a member in his 500 club, right? And now I have some level of affiliation with that person. If you had a, a farmer that had, you know, was producing four or five different types of meat, and they were doing boxes of meat on, like, an ongoing harvest, and they have 500 fucking customers, they're done, Yep. They don't have to worry mobile about anything. Mechanic. A mechanic a that has mechanic. 500 customers that never take their car to Meineke or Amico or Midas or Firestone and they use that one mechanic. Done. I don't have to do shit. Customers, you just roll around and do eight oil changes a day. Right. Yep. On a schedule. Perfect. Yep. Because we all love you because you're our dude who doesn't lie to us. Right. That's so great. That's and if you do, you're fucked, by the way. If you run this business model, it can only be done with integrity because when you fuck one, everybody finds out and you're fucking canceled. There's actual good cancel culture, right? Your customers find out you're fucking them over and they're like, you know what? Maybe we don't want to use Brian to do our oil changes anymore. Now we're going to use Xavier, right? Because you're creating that partnership where like you should be like you're a coffee roaster. You should be working with other coffee roasters because you're going to get to a point where you're like, I totally can't take you. Or yeah. maybe I go can go to Nicole or go to Bob or whatever. Go to Nicole. Yeah, exactly. It's like then you can then give good referrals and that could even yeah, be good referrals because they're because we're friends because right. all the coffee people should work together. Against That's right. Start There's no competition. There is no competition. We should all be together. That's what I tell the farmers. I'm like, there is no competition. This is all a facade. It's all bullshit. Like. It's all a lie. That's the reason why we're planting the churches everywhere now. That's why the affiliation is just planting the churches. And we need coffee in the food church also. And we, and 500 is perfect. 500 is more than enough to keep everybody well paid. And the integrity is the other piece. That's, that's important. That's what I keep saying. That's what I've been doing all these years. Yeah. You know, about build the thing to the right size. I don't want employees. I don't want right. to fill off that bullshit. I, no. Yeah, it, right. It's right size. And, and I don't think I will get to, I, I think I will end it before I get to 500. It, yeah. I need a, a number to publish so we're all happy. I mean, 300 is probably going to still be good for you. Probably be more. 300 will probably be good for you. And it, it's busy. It'll keep you busy and, you know, whatever. Well, and for the people that are more of a content-based business like I am that want to adopt this model, Where Brian got this and what he extrapolated from is called the 1,000 True Fans model, which was built for musicians. So the uh. 1,000 True Fans model is really fucking simple, and it's simply that you build up a, a – like you want a big fan base, but you want a 1,000 super fans. And those super fans are people that are defined by they will spend one day's wages a year on you. If, yep. you're, if you're a musician, right, then what they're going to do is when you put together a box set of music they already have, they're going to buy it anyway because it's you. Right. That thousand. And if you do that, think about this. If you you're roughly having three annual salaries in revenue, if you properly manage that group of a thousand true fans. And Brian's like, you know what? I I, I, I can't do a thousand people with coffee like a beekeeper can't right. even think about doing a thousand honey customers that are regular customers. They can't do it because they can't ethically keep that many hives as a as a sole proprietorship. It cannot be done. Right. right. So. It's a perfect model, and that number, again, like that's that's the plan, that's the marketing, that's the brand, but no one says how much work you have to do. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe you're an older person like Brian is getting older and, like, you don't want to make 500 batches of coffee a month, and maybe you kind of move to a point where you do 100. Like, 
it's up to you. You can still be part of Brian's project. What is the, where can people find you, Brian? Uh, foodforestfarms.com. And then it's all just pictures on the main page. You can click on the coffee information page. There's a whole page for the 500 project, uh, page for media appearances. If anybody wants Food me on their shows. Foodforestfarms.com. Uh, yeah, foodforestfarms.com. That's my real live phone number down there at the bottom. It's so funny yeah. that it's called Food Forest Farms because um, we're. A bit, I was on a call earlier because people are worried about grain feed and like feed for the livestock that I'm working with the livestock. And I'm like, well, we've been doing, you know, forestry. You know, we're raising all the livestock between pastures and, and the woods. And, you know, people don't know that there's you can get out of hay because you can do tree hay and they don't know about the tree hay. So we were talking about that earlier. So it's really cool. That's so the, little, uh, the little logo, I can't see it. So we started as a duck farm nursery because I was completely X'd out of the beverage business with a crazy non-compete. I couldn't be anywhere in the industry at all. So I had wow. to do something else. So we did, Jack started with Cascavi Duck. I, I love the idea. They worked out. We tried other ducks. They were too noisy for the city. So wow. we got to that. Then when we got the land, we've expanded. So yeah, yeah, we are. And the funny thing is, the 10 acres where Squatch Best is held is becoming a food forest slowly. Um, the permaculture crowd's dragging out a lot of plants and letting them plant anything edible anywhere. So when the tax guy drives by, it just looks like a crazy field that's got weird little bunches of trees and field mists. But really, there's hundreds of Muscovy ducks running around all at 20 bucks a piece and poof. There's a lot of edible stuff. So next year we're going to start doing like canning seminars and like the food's got to grow in. The tree's got to get older, but it's all starting to come together now because mm -hmm. it's a food forest and because we took a long time to like kind of roll the plant out slow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and this is happening everywhere. I just had a guy on my show yesterday that's, that's doing the same type of thing with 700 acres just 15 minutes from me. Never heard of him until he reached out and, you know, he's like, I got a pretty big social media presence. I'm like, well, what does that mean? He's like, I got like 1500 people on Instagram. And I'm like, you know what? What you're doing is way more important than your Instagram presence, dude. Like that, that's what we need to talk about. I didn't want to tell him it's not a very big social media presence. He's happy about it. Let him go. Cause it'll probably be 15,000, 150,000 at some point, right? Cause of the stuff he's doing, but he's working with people. He's teaching these workshops, like, you know, hands on hard skills workshops, bringing in really good people. Uh, a couple of the people he's actually using to teach, I ended up knowing. I'm like, wow, I know that guy. I know that guy. Like, and this is happening everywhere. Brian's doing this up in, in Washington. And I think that's what to be hopeful for that, like, people, like, we focus way too much on the people that bitch and not enough on the people that are doing shit. Like, everybody here is doing shit. Everybody here is making stuff happen. Everybody here has a network connected to other networks right now. Like, and then we have people that are tuning in maybe for the first time and like, like, okay, these fuckers are crazy, but they also make sense. And they're the, they're the goslings that are going to wake up, turn into geese, and start doing shit. And we maybe once in a while we need to kind of remind why we use the goose as our as our mascot, as Agoras, because the goose basically leaves everybody alone, doesn't care about your problems, doesn't want to bother you, doesn't want to fight with you. But when it needs to raise its goslings, if there's a good place to lay eggs, it lays its eggs there. And if you fuck with its family, it fucks your ass up. It doesn't care it's a golf course and you're out there with your nine iron, you know, chipping up onto the green. It comes out and it fucks you up because you got too close to its babies. And, and that's the attitude we need to be doing all this shit with. Like, 
I'm going to build this for my family first, for me first, actually, because I can't take care of my family if I don't take care of me. So me first, my family second, my community third, and everybody else can go screw until that's solid, right? And if we all do that, then we actually all kind of, you know, get in that float model of the, all the boats rise as the tide comes up. And the tide's rising, guys. We're not losing this. It just looks that way because we're being ridiculed. We're being censored. We're being, you know, basically hidden from each other. Like, unless you really dig into this, you don't realize how much of this is happening right now. It's it's not thousands. It's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that you'll never see on social media. You'll never see them in a podcast or whatever. They're just doing it. And, and it's not going to stop. It's not going to slow down. It's only going to accelerate from here. And I think like the beautiful thing with doing it with food is, Nithi, what happens when somebody comes out, buys from your organization, takes that food home, and eats that food compared to the crap they get at Albertsons or Publix? Like that person's coming back. They're loyal. They're not leaving. Like it's, as long as they can afford to do business with you, they're going to do business with you. Well, they'll make sure they can afford to do business with me because if once you eat it, you're ruined. And then, you know, like people, I, anybody who's ever come here, they literally will not ever leave. The only people that have ever left here is because they, they move, which they actually consider all the ways they're not going to move before they move because they don't want to leave the food. And the only other ways that people have left me, I've had families that were divorced, but then those couples come back. Like, you know, once all the stuff like dies down and they re get their footing or whatever, it's amazing. I mean, I actually have several people who started together, came here, they got divorced, they got remarried. They're here now with their new whoever. And the only reason that they don't hate their ex-spouse who's in here is they're just happy their kids get to keep eating this food. That's a big freaking deal, man. You know, like, so... So there's that. Christine, thank you. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's, so Squatch spawned two other festivals in the Northwest, just in case anybody uh, is up here. There's one called Manifest now that's right out of Portland. Those guys did a fantastic job. They run Truthzilla podcast. Um, they're pretty switched on. And the other one in Southern Oregon is called the Five Rivers Group, both on Telegram. Go hook into those communities if you're in the Northwest or if you need an outpost on the other side of the country. All great people. And, and X, I don't mean to step on your hosting duties, but we're at almost an hour and a half, so we probably need to kind of... I was actually it. just getting to that, and I was going right. to say uh, Snooker the Goose, right? Um, everybody gets to ask another contestant on the show uh, a question. So, uh, Nipi, I would start with you, ladies first. Anybody a question? Uh and that's, this goes for the audience as well who's ever listening live if you want to post it in all question, all caps uh, maybe we could use those as well ask one goose member something specific oh Jack do you have a solution if like I wanted to come fly down there for because I can't leave uh-huh. I mean I would I would drive to Texas but I can't be gone for a certain I mean I have to I have to serve over here so I can't like be gone for as many days as I would need to. Yeah. But number one, I want to support the Southwest pilots. So and I would only really probably fly Southwest. Um and 
I, I don't know any other solution for me to be able to come down there to fly. Do you have one? Do you know somebody? Do I know somebody that would fly you? No, I mean, like, do you have you heard of anything or a solution for flying? Oh, you mean like to not not have to mask up and all that crap? Is that I no, mean, no, what no, you, no? I, okay, so I just can't get stuck somewhere. Okay. And, and also, I can't have them tell me that I can't fly at the last minute. Like, you know, all this stuff is happening in Texas in November, right? So, yeah. so like, I want to, I really have been like, I got to, I could go be in Texas for like a month. So, I, just short to the chase now that I'm understanding what you're asking, I do not have a solution to not get stranded at an airport. Uh, I was a road warrior for 12 years of my life. And no, like I was stranded at many airports. Yeah. I formed full on relationships and airport bars with people I met there. Like that's, that's how long I've been stranded at airports. So, but this is my, my other solution that yeah. what you need to develop is you need to develop enough staff or local talent that you can leave for a week. I know. I know. Right. I know. So that you can come back. And that's the long term solution. Like we're lucky. I have a couple. Uh, that one or both will come. Like I'm going on vacation next week. I'm going out to, to Xavier Land. I'm going to, to the west coast of Florida for uh, for a, for ten days. And we're driving because I don't want to fly. And right. they're going to come here and manage. So that's that's the that's the only solution I have because the only other option is like a private plane, and even that can get sidelined. I mean, yeah. uh, RSX I think is the it's, I think it's RSX. There's a new airline. But they don't go to Tennessee, unfortunately. But they do fly from Dallas to Destin, Florida. And it's like semi-private. And it's pretty badass. And, like, you don't go to the regular airport. You mm-hmm. go to the hangar. Right. Like, you know, it's it's and it's really affordable. So more things like that are coming online. But I don't have a good one. You've snookered That's me. Really cool. I need somebody local who I can. I used to have somebody. I had people before. And I'm just in a moment right now that are just not... I don't have any help right this red hot minute. So if you're well, around, unfortunately, you won the game. You're the winner today because you snookered a goose, right? I didn't have a good answer, but um, how about you, Brian? What questions would you like to ask any one of us, the goose geese, goslings? X, what's your favorite fish to catch? Fuck, I don't actually eat fish. I have I haven't had a fish since I, said I was catch. My wife doesn't eat fish, but she catches. Oh. Well, I've never even caught a fish. Is that horrible? Okay. Yeah. Game up. This this bitch is going to walk in the woods and live with a knife, and he can't catch a fish. No, I can catch a fish. I just never chose to. You just won't eat a fish? Once I did it when I was a teenager, I was like, this is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever done. It's called tricking and killing. There is, like, what am I, like, and I went on about it, and and my dad abused me with fucking lobsters. I grew up in Maine, and he took the lobsters, the claws off the lobsters. The lobsters were as big as I was. I was like five years, four years old, three years old, in the fucking kitchen, and he locked me in the kitchen with this gigantic fucking red lobster chasing me. And and so it's always been that way, and I have never had any seafood since then. And I want to live on a fucking boat, so I'm going to have to get over that shit pretty damn quick. So you snookered me. There you go. Thanks for embarrassing me in front of everybody, Brian. (laughs) Uh, we first, my first time meeting you. <laughs> oh, oh okay. great. Jack, how about you? And if you follow him up with some shit that makes me look like an <laughs> asshole even more. <laughs> Lobster trauma. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I'm not gonna ask you because you've already done one. Um, so I have to either do Brian or Neethi. Um, I think I'm gonna ask Neethi. When it just comes to like you, you have to pick. You're gonna consume a meat, pork or beef, and why? I would say um, the beef um, because you, it's the most complete um, nourishment that we can get between the mic. If you can get all your fat back and preferably older beef and preferably even more specifically like any dairy cow, like the spent dairy cows, the ones that they want to call the dairy cow mamas. Um, they're super extra beautifully fattened, except that it's very difficult to find grass fed cows for raw milk that you can call because people in dairy are so dirty. So that would be my, my first choice. Second choice would be, uh, forest raised pigs because of the, um, amount of fat that is so super extra medicinal for you. Um, particularly anybody who's out of balance to, you know, remediate health. If you're, reme- if you're trying to remediate your health, are you saying for that reason or just for just generally speaking? For whatever reason you wanted to answer it, I was just talking mainly preference, just like which fish do you prefer to catch? Like, so what do you enjoy eating more? Beef or pork? You go to you go to a place. You know it's ethically sourced. It's good stuff. You're going to choose between pork chops and uh, basically the same cut you're looking at uh, uh, New York strip. You're going to go with the beef. I don't like New York strip, so I'll go with the pork. But if it's a ribeye, I'll eat the ribeye. Okay. All right. All right. Awesome. So I'm going to forego my Brian? question. It's it's it's. Give- I don't know. I think it's it's. Isn't it Neethi's turn to ask a question? Brian asked a question. No, I everybody's asked a question, question, Jack. Oh, yes, right. Okay, asked. are we done? Yeah. Nope, Did... nope, I've got to ask a question. So I'm going to go ahead and ask, oh, okay. where can I join your co-op? Somebody in the in the uh, the chat asked that question. Oh, I'm in Raleigh. But if you want to participate in my meat subscriptions and you live anywhere in, the, in, the, in America, not Hawaii or Alaska, then um, I actually have flat rate regenerative meat boxes set up on the polyface yum site. And I can share a link with you um, that are boxes that I designed um, using all polyface uh, pork and beef. And um, we're working on a chicken box as well. And so that way it can be dropped to your front door and, um, and it'll meet all the standards and also, you know, it's, why don't, it's, why don't you tell everybody the site that they can go to? It is, here, I'll get, uh, can I put it in the YouTube? No, I have to tell you. Well, it's, it's at polyfaceyum.com. Then go under meat bundles and then you'll see my Neethi the pharmacist logo. Then click on that. And those are the flat rate bundles. And it's the reason that they're reasonably flat rated is because it fits a perfect shipping box. Number one. Number two is it's nose to tail. Like it's very consciously put together. And so if you like any of those boxes, then you can set it up. And you, the one-time box is a higher flat rate, and then you can set it up for recurring subscription, like weekly, biweekly, or monthly, and save. And, Brian, are you selling your coffee at FloatFest again? You're muted, dude. 
Brian, are yep. you selling your copy of Floatfest again? 100%, yes. Awesome. We'll and what down. are the dates of Floatfest, and then we'll wrap it up. She has not published the dates yet, but it will be at her next update. Okay, It'll be amazing. sometime in the spring. Okay, spectacular. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us for another episode of Unloose the Goose. This was episode 58 when we were talking about what do you do with all the new goslings in your life. I hope you've had a beautiful day. Um, we've got far, food farm, no, farm food forest. Food no, forest farms. Why don't you go around and everybody gets to pitch something? Yeah, yeah, please go ahead. Food forest farms. Brian, why don't you start? And then Foodforestfarms.com, we'll, that's me. Neepy? Don't you farm chief fork, um, meatriot.org. F-A-R-M-T-O-F farm to, wait, I just got totally lost on my thing. F-A-R-M-T-O-F-O-R-K-M-E-A-T-R-I-O-T dot O-R-G. And for the folks that are asking me all these questions, if you go to my, um, food church tab, then you can sign up for the food church newsletter and be in the know of all the stuff that I'm doing. And, um, I will go in on our YouTube and put the link for the other, but farm to fork meat riot.org. O R G. That's what that makes that work. Yeah. Good stuff there. Um, you can go to my website by going to a very short domain, tspc.co or the survival podcast.com and check out uh, what we do with our podcast on a daily basis. And I am going to announce something really big for the podcast here on unloose the goose. I've been doing that lately with big announcements. Uh, we have just formed a uh, official partnership with Ron Paul Liberty Report, and yes. we will have Ron uh, featured on the show weekly um, during the Expert Council show. He doesn't have the time to cut Expert Council Q&A segments, uh, but their people will be sending me a segment every week um, uh, from Liberty Report uh, cut out for the Survival Podcast audience. So that's a pretty big win to have a uh, direct relationship with Ron Paul, and that was uh, – Big deal for me a couple weeks ago to get to interview one of my my true heroes and mentors. Uh, so yeah. that's, that's my big announcement for tonight. That's awesome. That was that was awesome. And I'm Xavier Hawk, and you can find us at Pyron.com. That's P-H-I-R-E-O-N.com. And I am at Xavier Hawk on all of the networks other than Twitter and YouTube because they suck and have removed me. Um, but a lot of fun on TikTok. And I love you all so very much. Thanks for joining us for Unleash the Goose, episode 58. Honk. Honk. Honk, honk. I'll see you guys. Unloose the goo. We'll take no use. Your parents.